What's up and welcome back to the J Talk Sports Podcast. Before we get into the main content of today's episode, I want to talk to you guys quickly about the updates that I gave about the scheduling and about the content for the podcast over on Twitter. If you're not following me and if you're not following the podcast on Twitter, it's at JakeTalkSports03 on Twitter and at the Jake Talk Sports Podcast on Twitter. I'm not exactly sure what the official at or handle of it. It is at JTS03Podcast if you want to follow me there. And, of course, at JTalkSports03 on Twitter. If you guys want to be getting all these updates real time. But for now, let's hop into some of the new stuff. Alright, so looking over at the Twitter and looking at the updates that I gave out to you guys uh, yesterday. um, It's not exactly anything major. It's just about scheduling and about content. So I'm more organized in my podcast. The official plan moving forward is going to be three weekly episodes. There's going to be one on Monday, one on Wednesday, one on Friday. I know that when this episode drops, it is Saturday. This is a bonus episode to kind of get us kicked off. One of the, sorry, two of those episodes will be sports related and the others and the other will be just a general episode about other stuff I like, just video games, movies, which is what today's is about and other things. They're going to come out at 12 p.m. Eastern at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Great Mountain Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. All episodes of the podcast will be recorded with a face cam. Audio will go on Spotify and all the services. The video will go up on YouTube the day after the audio drops. Thank you guys for all the patience you guys have been giving me as I kind of took a break from uh, uploading main episodes of the podcast. But let's get into what today's all about. Today is going to be one of those episodes that's going to be not necessarily sports related, but it's going to be about some other things that I like. Today we're going to be reviewing the new Batman movie, Warning. Major, major, major spoilers ahead in this episode. If you have not seen the movie, please turn back now. This is your official warning. I want this on the record that I said do not listen to the episode until after you have watched the movie. There we go. There's a soundbite just in case anybody's looking for it. We're going to be from the new Batman. I went on Twitter yesterday. Another reason why you should follow my Twitter. I went on Twitter yesterday and I talked about grading the Batman movie. I graded it based on five categories. And I am going to basically break down all those categories more in depth on this episode of the podcast. So. Starting off with the action, I graded the action. These are all out of 10, by the way. I graded the action 8.5 out of 10. Upon talking to more people and about thinking, upon thinking about it more, I might change that to a little bit higher. But for now, I'm going to go with what I had on Twitter and defend it. And, and for the action, I had an 8.5. Now, the reasoning for this is I think that the action in this movie was not really based around Batman fighting too much but it's more about batman being a detective and that's exactly what this movie is going to be we knew coming into this movie that this movie was going to be more of batman being a detective and working with the police and it is his crime fighting days he is in his second year in this movie as being batman meaning that he is not fully developed into what he will be eventually you've seen the dark knight movies that while he is still somewhat of a detective he's also just a lot more of a hands-on getting in the, on the action. But also, you have to think that his villain in this movie, the Riddler, is not a physical villain. It is a, He's a mental villain when it comes to what he does. So I think that the action in this movie wasn't great because it didn't have to be great for the movie to be great because the Riddler is not a villain that requires action. The villain, it, it's more watching like a psychological thriller. Um, that's why the action is only 8.5, but I still give the action pretty high because of the end scene and the Batman's fight with um, 
the the um, the followers and uh, and the people that were recruited by the Riddler, and also the fight scenes towards the beginning um, with the thugs on the train and with the people outside of the Iceberg Lounge. I think that this is all very very good and it really showed that Pattinson's Batman is going to be very very tough to crack and um speaking of Pattinson and Pattinson's Batman let's move on to the acting in this movie I wish I'd given it higher but I'm giving it a nine and a half because of one character that I'll talk about in a little bit starting off with the main man Robert Pattinson I think that Robert Pattinson is currently second on my list of Batmans uh, people who played Batman, and he's definitely pushing hard for first. If I do end up watching the movie again, he might even get pushed into first for me. Robert Pattinson was incredible in the role he was told to play. He was phenomenal at being Batman. He was phenomenal at being the detective Batman that we like to see. But he also showed some incredible flashes during the action scenes of how he can be the big, tough fighter Batman that we're expecting him to be. The acting... Uh, portion of being Bruce Wayne, although he wasn't really Bruce Wayne much in the movie. Being Bruce Wayne, he was really good. He was kind of still a little bit younger, a little bit more angsty, a little bit more trying to figure out what the Batman's about and trying kind of disagreeing with Alfred and disagreeing um, with what Alfred wants him to do. Um, and that eventually leads, obviously, to um, not, not too good thing for Alfred. Uh, but more of the story, Robert Pattinson was incredible. He was better than anybody like Val Kilmer, anybody like Michael Keaton. Uh, the only guy I have above him right now is Christian Bale. Uh, I just, I, Christian Bale with that Dark Knight performance, I do not know if I can put anybody above him right now, although I will say I do think Robert Pattinson is a better Bruce Wayne uh, than he is than Christian Bale is. Uh, Christian Bale is kind of bland as Bruce Wayne, but I think that, that is a product of writing. Anyway, moving on to the next main main guy the riddler paul dano dano i don't even yeah i don't even I, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name i've never heard of this guy but oh my goodness was he good he has cemented himself as one of if not the best batman villain performance on screen obviously you have heath ledger and heath ledger is hard 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 to beat but i really think that paul was so 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 i can't iterate it enough so 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 good as the riddler the the way that he really portrayed the truth like amount the truth the psychotic nature of the riddler the fact that he is a serial killer and in the opening scene i think one of the most defining moments of the, this performance is the opening scene with the mayor as he's kind of sitting at his tv and um you, all of a sudden, you pan, and there's the weather behind him. And the way he just stands there, silently just breathing heavily, and then the way that he attacks him and the way that he does it, it's just an incredible job by Paul Dano. Uh, I think that he, like I said, is probably second in the list of Batman villain performances, or maybe third behind Schwarzenegger. Uh, Arnold, I'm not even trying to pronounce the last name uh, as Mr. Freeze. I'm joking, obviously. But Paul Dano, so, so good. And when he's eventually unmasked, the scene where he gets caught and he knows he still has stuff going on. And the, when he looks in the window and sees Batman and he just smiles and kind of chuckles to himself. And he just does a really good job of, like I said, portraying the true psychotic nature of the Riddler. The Riddler is not a physical villain. He's not physically deformed like a lot of the Batman villains are. He's not have any physical uh, de uh, deformation, if that's a word. But what he does have is is, is mental, is and that is what he is excelled at. 
He was as himself in the movie. My power isn't here. As he points to his body, my power is here. When he points to his head. Um, and it's true because he really, really, really was just terrifying in the movie. And that is a huge product of Paul Dano and his performance. Uh, moving on to Zoe Kravitz. As soon as Kyle, this is what brought down the half point for me. I do not think she was that good as Catwoman. Uh, maybe it was the writing, but I think that she was not what I was expecting her to be. Uh, and that might like, obviously be a product of, of the writing, but I just did not, her performance did not do much for me. It did not really jump out to me. It was kind of just a normal performance. When you have people like Robert Pattinson and like Paul Dano doing the absolute best that you've seen almost in a Batman movie. And then you have Zoe Kravitz, who honestly, I think uh, was not much better than people who played Catwoman in the past. Um, this is not just like a diss on her. This could also be the writing, but I just do not think that she really the performance that stood out to me. And I most of the reason why these this this acting is a nine point five for me is because of the way that all pretty much all the actors stood out to me in their performances, like Pattinson, Dano, Farrell, stuff like that. Moving on to Colin Farrell as the Penguin. My goodness, he was really good too. I just you have to you have to understand what kind of role the penguin is. The penguin is just kind of a gangster. He, his only deformities are physical. He just has kind of has a limp, um, and he's the definition of a guy who's just kind of snaked his way to where he is. And we find out in the movie that he's that he's um, he's a rat and that he is. Obviously, someone who plays both sides, and I think that uh, Colin does a very, very, very good job of it. I think the scene, the chase scene between Batman and him in the cars is so, so incredible, the way he acts it, because he's so excited when that explosion goes off and the flames go up. He's so excited. I got you. I got you. And he comes out of the flames and flips his car, and all of a sudden, you can just see the fear in his face and the fear in his eyes, because he knows exactly what Batman's about. Um... He did a really good job. I think his vocal acting was very good with the accent, and uh, it really portrayed a different penguin than we've seen in movies. Uh, obviously, uh, we've seen the the penguin in Gotham, which was an incredible performance by Robin Lord Taylor, um, and he's my favorite penguin uh, still. Uh, even though Gotham is kind of its own universe, I really love the performance that Robin uh, Lord Taylor had in the five seasons that Gotham ran. Uh, but Colin, so, so good, and it was great to see a different take on Penguin outside of the one that I was used to, and uh, was the biggest fan of when it came to Robin Lord Taylor in Gotham. Looking at Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, I think he was great. I think he did a great job showing how he how he works with Batman and showing the relationship that him and Batman have early on. Because remember, like I said, this is the second year of Batman doing this. At this point, he still doesn't know who Batman is. Now, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I don't exactly know. In Movies of the Dark Knight, when... Bruce is older, and when the Batman's been around for a while, I think that Gordon knows who it is. Um, and Gotham, uh, James Gordon uh, played wonderfully by. Oh jeez. Oh jeez, oh, I'm gonna hate myself. I'm gonna look it up right now, but I'm gonna hate myself. I'm literally watching the show right now for the second time. Yeah, Ben McKenzie. Ben McKenzie. Uh, Ben McKenzie kind of seems like he knows who Batman is. Uh, right when, in, in the, uh, this is also Gotham spoilers, um, right at the end of the show, at the end of season five, when, when Batman is standing at the rooftop looking down at them, it kind of seems like Gordon knows who it is. But in this one, he's his second year in, and there's a line where Gordon basically is like, 
man, it's been two years of this. And I still don't know who you are, you know? And I think Jeffrey Wright did a incredible job portraying their relationship and also portraying the fact that he's still young. He's only a Lieutenant and he does a good job of showing that Gordon was always kind of on Batman sided because when Gordon brings people, Batman out of the crime scene originally, people are not happy about it, but Gordon's defending him, letting him there be there. So, Let's move on to one more performance that I want to talk about. Um, and I think, um, I think it was this one was really really cool. Let's talk about John Turturro, uh, who played Carmine Falcone. I think for me, what made this performance good for me is because it was really the first time that we saw uh, Carmine Falcone on. On screen, he was in Gotham for the majority of Gotham. He was um, a big part of that show, but in that show, he's older. Uh, he's uh, more involved in 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 the crime, and he is more uh, in uh, at war with Moroni. In this movie, Moroni has just been busted by for drugs, uh, one of the biggest drug busts in GCPD history, as it's called. And Falcon's kind of the lone guy, and we find out a bunch of cool stuff about his backstory with Catwoman. I think that he does a really good job just playing like the the sleazy guy that Falcon is. Because when they're they arrest Falcon and they're taking him to jail, he says he says something along the lines of "I'm walking free tonight," so or tomorrow. And I remember Penguin even in the movie says, "Enjoy your night in uh, in Gotham." Uh, in Blackgate, your night in Blackgate, because he knows he's getting out. But I think it was really, really, really cool to see him on screen as a younger guy and seeing the way he kind of ran things and the way that he, uh, he ties into the whole story. And it was a very good job by uh, Turturro, um, who did a just, yeah, like I said, an incredible job. That is going to be it for the acting plot and story. I give it 10 for obvious reasons. This movie's plot was incredible. The way that things progressed with the Riddler and the way that things progressed with Batman and his arc. I don't think could have been done any better. I'll talk more about the character development side of it later. As far as the entire plot goes, the way that the Riddler, um, Riddler story plays out and the way that the Batman story plays out, it leaves such an open door for the sequel of this movie, which has already been confirmed in the end of the movie when there's a big reveal for a big character that's going to be in the, hopefully the second movie. It is such a good job of keeping you entertained. Remember, this is a three-hour movie, two hours and 56 minutes to be exact. This is a three-hour movie and you have to sit there, but I was not bored once. And that is a product of the plot, the story being so, 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 so good. It keeps you roped in, and it keeps you interactive. Let's look at cinematography. The way that this movie was filmed, it is never in the light. That is what's so, so cool about it, is that because there are only a few scenes where it's in the light, and that is because, obviously, the Batman usually only works at night, and when he's not working at it's dark. The Batman only works at night, and like I said earlier, Pattinson's Batman, Pattinson is very rarely Bruce Wayne. He's most of the time Batman. So, when when you have that, the whole movie is going to be filmed in the dark, and the dark, and the rain. It is so cool the way it is shot. Some of the scenes are awesome. One of my favorite like camera shots is when the Riddler gets caught and there's a coffee cup that he had and the camera's out of focus and it pans up and goes over the cup and you can see the question mark there. And that is one of the coolest reveals ever. Not really reveal because we knew it was the Riddler, but it's one of the coolest confirmations of the, the normal guy because we hadn't seen the guy seen the Riddler unmatched. It could have been any guy. Um, but 
um it was so so cool she said a reveal the waiting time movie was shot in darkness just really shows the nature of what a great batman movie is and it really 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 just keeps you in suspense because anything can come from anywhere um and i think the movie was shot really really well character development uh there's not much to say here other than it was, it was it was incredible whether the riddlers are cap in the way that the riddler always was one step ahead of batman no matter what when batman goes to visit the riddler in the jail cell the way that talks about all these things, keeping Batman distracted and then reveals the final part of his plan. And then Batman, you see the way Batman develops as a detective and as someone who just flat out saves people. He becomes less of a detective at the end of the movie and more of a pe- person who's more of a guy who's looking to save people. And um, he talks a lot about like, crossing the line. Um, about why he doesn't kill, and obviously I don't know what the reason is with Pattinson's Batman, but in Gotham we see Bruce uh, face the man who killed his parents and have the gun pointed at him, and he cannot pull the trigger, and that was the day he vowed to himself that he would not be, um, he would not kill people, and we see that with Batman. Batman, he beats so many people just about to death, but doesn't. He's all about keeping people alive and saving people. Um, I think that's a really, really good development in his character. Um, and as far as the really goes, like I said, yeah, he's just always one step ahead. He just seems to get smarter and smarter as the movie goes on. And the videos that he posts online and stuff, I think his character just got even more fun to watch as time went on because you started to really understand how psychotic he was, started to understand what his plans were. Um, and those are really the two characters I wanted to talk about. When it comes to character development, I give that a 10. The overall score is a 9.4 out of 10. If if you are on the fence about seeing this movie, see this movie. If you are in any way doubting it, see the movie. You are going to love it. It is a top two, if not the number one Batman movie of all time. It's, it's, it's incredible. That's all I have to say. This is one of the best DC. This is one of the, also one of the best DC films ever produced. So if you're on the fence, go see the movie. 9.4 out of 10 for the Batman. Remember... Follow on Spotify, and Spotify allows you to rate podcasts now. Give us that five-star. That'd be truly appreciated. We will see you guys in the next episode.